0: You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life. Talking about everything that's important to our culture. From on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. Small HBCUs matter too. Let's go! It's the Division II HBCU Roundup on HBCU Pulse Radio.
1: What's going on everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today where we're talking about HBCU football. It is the end of the season. The D2 season is over. It's playoff season. We have a lot to talk about. And, you know, D2 is really what we talking about for real. Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, two, let's talk about it in D1 right now, all right? We got a good Jackson State all game coming up. But, listen, we, we, we know North Central's Central the Celebration Bowl, and we're going to see what Jackson State does. But D2 football is what we're talking about really today. yo, how you doing today?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. It's another D2 episode because this weekend, I mean, besides one of the games, this weekend was, it was amazing. And just to see those players and all the emotions, I, it was fantastic. I'm, I'm ready to hear your analysis because, you know, you were, you were 2-0. and So I'm, I'm pretty proud of you. Your predictions are getting so much better.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was, you know, and, and, uh, you know, Chawan almost proved me wrong. You know, Chawan came out to play and, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we want to say first and foremost, congratulations to Benedict College. You know, they won. Uh, against Tuskegee, 58-21. They are the number one seed in NCAA Super Region 2, Division 2. Uh, They're going to have a first-round bye for the playoffs, so they'll be playing uh, the week of Thanksgiving, so it's amazing. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. And also, congratulations to Fayetteville State University. They won their first CIAA championship since 2009 in, in a very interesting game, and they made the playoffs as well, so congratulations to them. You know, Fort Valley didn't, you know, and that's okay. You know, we'll be back. But first, Ariel, I got to say this, right? I didn't get a chance to watch the SIAC championship on Saturday. It wasn't like, oh, Randall was doing something else. Randall did this and that. I was unable to watch. Game was supposed to come on at 2 p.m. It was streaming on ESPN3 instead of ESPN+. plus. Uh, and, you know, the SIAC has a deal with ESPN. And the game was off for two hours, It didn't turn on until the end of the third quarter going into the fourth quarter. I was livid, Ario. I was livid. I was tweeting about it. I contemplated writing an article about it, but I decided not to because, you know, I didn't really know who I was firing at. I didn't know who I was calling out. And I like to sort of have that confirmation of what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about, who I'm addressing when it comes to things. Because I understand that ESPN is only a conduit for the games to be streamed. I understand that. And I understand that, you know, they did have their commentators. They did have the sideline reporter. And I appreciate her uh, because, I'll I'll get her name in a second, uh, because she really was pivotal in letting us know what was going on as the delay was going on, and I appreciate her. Uh, But, you know, I think it was the Syax team that didn't have the production going on the right way. Uh, I think that that is horrible. Because Benedict College deserves better, because this was a championship win for them. Tuskegee deserves better. They're they're a blue blood program in the SIAC, and it was a blowout. I don't like watching blowouts, but I want to witness history. And I think that before we talk about the football, that is wrong, that is terrible, and I just personally believe that ESPN can do something. And I honestly think that because it was on ESPNU. you. So everything I'm saying. I looked at the stats, but also I was able to watch the game on Sunday because ESPNU had the game up. So if you have like a service where, you, where you're, uh, you're recording HBCU football or you rec- you're recording D2 football or InstaBlay football, go check to see if it's on your DVR, like YouTube TV, Fubo TV, Hulu Hulu Plus Live Sports. Go check to see if you haven't seen the game because you might catch it. But I will say this. I have the, I have the footage. I don't know what I'm going to do with it because, listen, ESPN don't play okay listen we had 20,000 on YouTube I ain't trying to get that taken down I I don't too hard for that but Aria moving on I want to get your thoughts on the game first like how did you feel you know about uh, the Benedict Tuskegee game
0: honestly you know and there was not much for me to really side against Benedict after seeing them at Morehouse my first time seeing them and then actually getting into D2 HBCUs it was it was extraordinary to see them win, to see the effort that they put in, to see the stats that they put up, because unlike and you, you know this, I think that people really look down on D two, but unlike any other D one program that I see in HCU's, this team put up numbers that I haven't seen all season by a quarterback or by an offense in their running game at all. Like there, I even though I couldn't watched the whole game. I couldn't see the whole game. Just coming in and looking at that dominating performance, I was proud of them. And I'm glad Benedict got this win. I'm glad they get to move on and see how much better, how much overpowering they could be. But really, the stats and the gameplay is what has me in shock. And I was excited to just look at it and actually relate to you and see what D2 is really like because they look down them so bad. But like I said, the numbers that they put up that game, I haven't seen all this season by just a team combined. Like, <laughs> I'm in awe. I'm, I'm flabbergasted. So I really don't have any words. It was an amazing game, even though it was a blowout, but it was really great.
1: And I want to say this because and I'm, I'm big on media, and Ariel knows this, so I, I'm going to move on to the sports side of it. But, you know, what you said, Ariel, is so amazing because that is the reason why we partner with ESPN as a conference. And why conferences partner with ESPN and Flow Sports and HBCU Go and HBCU League Pass Plus and the other providers. Like you have Bally Sports that shows certain college games in the ACC. You have Fox and you have NBC that has the exclusive rights to Notre Dame. To and that have the, the, the Bayou Classic that's going to be on Peacock. And it was on NBC Sports for like 30 years as the Bayou Classic was going on the reason why BET had it in the 1990s and early 2000s is because of ad revenue, but also accessibility. Because why do you want Benedict and Tuskegee on ESPN? These are programs that are known, and of course Tuskegee's known in the landscape, but you want fans that wouldn't normally have access to this football, have access to these games, and maybe not have interest, watch this game because of the high stakes the advertising revenue, and also the accessibility. If the stream ain't up, it's not accessible. And they, they did the same thing for the Fountain City Classic, they've done the same thing for other games, and I will say that they've done D2 games, because I guess the production company with the SIAC better than they've done some D1 games, including Jackson State. Because why was Jackson State on college game day, but it was on ESPN3? And they were promoting, hey, go watch on ESPN3. It, like, I was like, ESPN3? You got Pat McAfee on Jackson State's campus. Pat McAfee got to watch the game on ESPN3? Like, what? <laughs> like, he got to watch it back? Like, come on, man. It, it, anyway, I, I, I will go on and on about media for the rest of this podcast. That's not what this is about. Let's talk about the game. I want to talk about my keys because I was 2-0. Ario said it. And I want to talk about my keys from last week and if the game went as I envisioned. First of all, it was not a close game. I said it would be. It wasn't a close game. I was giving Tuskegee respect because you have Coach Ruffin down there. Tuskegee an amazing program. And they won eight straight games. So I thought they would be a little bit more competitive than what it was. But I said I wanted Benedict to continue to handle business and rise to the moment. And they definitely definitely 100% did that because if you weren't watching because ESPN didn't have it up they were leading 42 to 14 at halftime that wasn't the final score the final score was 58 to 21 they were leading 42 to 14 at halftime the defense held Tuskegee to REO 41 yards rushing on 33 attempts no rushing touchdowns and 201 passing yards but a lot of those players came in garbage time. But Tuskegee did show some life in the in the first quarter. Um, but I, I wanted to, to see this as well from Eric Phoenix, right? So I said last week, can Eric Phoenix be a playmaker? The answer is yes, he can. His stats on the game. He was 19 for 29 passing, 313 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He went crazy. This is probably his best game of the season. And then for rushing, he had 11 attempts, 91 yards, one rushing touchdown, 8.3 yards per attempt. He led the team in rushing. Norzair Scotland, DeAndre Duhart, they were playing, but he was, you know, he was throwing that ball. And then when he saw the opening, especially when they spaced out Tuskegee's defense, he would run and he would gain. And like Eric Phoenix, honestly, like I don't know how he's not on the Harlan Hill watch list. Like, of course, my pick would be Jada Byers, and I saw that Emmanuel Wilson for Fort Valley also is on that short list of candidates. They haven't released the final list yet, but I hear that, you know, Emmanuel Wilson from Fort Valley, he's the running back, he's getting consideration. Jada Byers should be in that, on that final official list, but I have no idea how you don't give Eric Phoenix some consideration. I know that his other quarterbacks have insane numbers, like Dota State's quarterback we'll talk about, But Eric Phoenix literally is the key to this offense, and I think he makes great decisions. and He is a weapon, and we finally saw him used to his best ability. and I think that Eric Phoenix is going to be the biggest key when we look at how successful Benedict could be in the playoffs. But let's talk about Tuskegee. Tuskegee had to find some way to stop Benedict's run game, and they didn't. All right, Benedict had two hundred and thirty six rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. I don't know where Tuskegee was. That I meant Tuskegee just letting them run and run and run. When I tell you Benedict's offensive line is so amazing. And yeah, Eric Phoenix that contributed 91 yards. So, man, when I tell you like Benedict, there's nothing you can do to stop him. At the very least, like for Tuskegee, it's nothing you can do to stop him. Nobody in the defense was able to solve Eric Phoenix, nor the run game for Benedict College, and I think that's what's going to really carry them as you look at them playing either Virginia Union, which we'll talk about that in a second, or Wingate, because that's going to be really interesting, whoever comes out that field. But there's nothing that any of the PSYAC teams could do, and I just think Tuskegee's defense was not equipped at all. So the way that you could have possibly won is had a ninth shootout, because of course, Fort Valley beat Tuskegee 6-21, to and then Hampton beat them the next week, then you had a defensive battle against University of West Alabama, which is an amazing win. That was Tuskegee's 700th win. But most of your other games were shootouts, and we, we brought them up last week. Most of those other games were shootouts. So the only way that that Tuskegee really could have matched Benedict was not on defense, because you're not going to be able to stop him, but could you be able to score on Benedict's defense? No. <laughs> no, you couldn't. You couldn't do that at all, okay? Bryson Williams did good, because Bryson Williams threw an impressive 75-yard video game-like touchdown to Antonio Meeks because Benedict hopped out 14-0. They got a touchdown to start the game. Then the defense forced a a fumble on the punt, and then Benedict's defense six to the house. They're at 14-0, dominant out the gate. But Bryson Williams right after that threw a 75-yard bomb bomb to Meeks, and he ran it in for a touchdown on the first play. And I was like, okay, (laughs) okay. Tuskegee's going to fight. That's one thing you can expect. It's going to, they're going to fight. It's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be similar to that Albany state game. But then Eric Phoenix happened. Eric Phoenix happened. And listen, it was over. The defense happened. It was over because there was nothing that coach Ruffin could do just to stop that system. And the thing about it is, is that I thought that when he threw that bomb, I'm like, Hey, this is going to be a shootout. And I want to see if Benedict's ready for a shootout because they've held teams you know, to these low amounts and not many rushing yards, not many passing yards. They've dominated teams this year. So, are you ready for a team to come out that can really score? And now you have to score. And they're the highest, you know, rated scoring team in the SIAC because they score, they have the most points per game. And of course, that number ballooned higher because they had 58 points on Saturday. But the thing is, like, Tuskegee's only chance was to try to outscore them. But once again, I say they are the number one offense in the SIAC, averaging, what, 40 points a game, and then he dropped 58 on them. Tuskegee had no chance. There's nothing more to really say. They had no chance. And I honestly thought that they would do better because it's Tuskegee. It's Coach Ruffin. He's been here before. But like I said, Benedict was the better team, and Benedict was the best team that Tuskegee faced. Fort Valley was a good team, and Benedict beat them. University of West Alabama wasn't all that great this year. Like they they were one of the teams that weren't even all that good. They didn't make the playoffs, but it was good. You beat them for your 700 victory in school history, but they weren't all that great of a team. But a lot of those teams on the West, they're all right. They put up great offensive numbers, but they play no defense in the East, Fort Valley, Albany state Benedict. We play defense. So Tuskegee hadn't played a defense. Like what we have in the East probably since Hampton, because you yeah, have Fort Valley and Hampton. Like Hampton, you know, D1 D program, you know, they've been doing pretty good, although they've been losing in, in, in the Big South before they switch over to, to the CAA. So, you know, maybe that defense was up to par, but you hadn't played a defense like Benedict. Then the thing is that I didn't predict the game would go like this, but I wasn't surprised. And I think that we have to show all the love to Benedict because they proved something to me. They prove that this is their conference until someone does something to them. Until someone takes them down, this is their conference. I think that the games next year, especially seeing what Benedict does moving forward, if they're able to duplicate this level of success, which I'm skeptical, I'm not going to lie, because I have to be skeptical because I'm a Fort Valley alum. I have to be skeptical. However, I think that next year is going to be even more interesting because Fort Valley is going to be back. You have Albany State. They're going to want some, they're going to want some smoke. And then I think Clark Atlanta is going to get better and don't sleep on Edward waters. Cause they beat Allen. So Edward waters there in Florida. It's some great recruits in Florida. So I say, do not sleep on Edward waters, but this is Benedict's time. I'm not taking anything away from Benedict. I'm proud of them. I'm rooting for them. I picked them to win, but why'd you do them like that? Benedict Eric Phoenix. Why'd you do them like that? Coach bear. You're a God-fearing man. Why'd you do him like that, man? But overall, like real talk though, Benedict deserved this. They have been improving over these past two years. I know that that first year of Coach Berry's tenure, they didn't do all that well, but they've had some amazing athletes and they deserve all the success that's coming to them. And I will say this, we'll talk about this more later. I believe that they could have a 2012 Winston-Salem State University type run to the championship honestly believe that. We'll see what they do against the Grand Valley or some of those other schools, but I pick them. They have a better chance to make it out of Super Region 2 than, than any other HBCU in recent memory. You know, of course, you know you have Winston-Salem, but it's like they're the number one seed. So if they handle business against whoever they, they face, I'm telling you, I, I don't see a team in Super Region 2 that's beating them, but you have a lot of undefeated teams in Super Regions 1, 3, and 4. Especially Grand Valley, who is the favorite. It should be everybody's favorite. I've seen them play and they they play some good ball. And they beat Ferris State, who are the defending Division II champions. So we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But this is a season that needs to be remembered in history. And honestly, for everyone listening, I hope that we were able to do that. You know, I really hope we were able to do that because I think this season deserves to be memorialized. This is honestly to me one of the best SIAC teams in history, period. But let's talk about the CIAA. Fable State defeated Shawan 31 to 28. That was on Aspire TV. My home team, that's the family. I entered at Aspire TV for 2 years, 2018-2019 in the summer. A shout out to Melissa. Melissa is not there anymore. Uh but Melissa, she was a Spellman alum. And she really put me up on game. And I honestly try to try to mirror her and her leadership because she was so amazing. Even though she's not there, I want to shout her out because I think this is an amazing time to shout out Melissa. Um, But great broadcast. It was everything ESPN wasn't. That's all I'll say. Uh, But I want to start with you, Ariel, to talk about this game. So what did you think about this game? Because it was 31-28. Last-second field goal by Elton Andrew is what propelled them to the win and stopped it from going to overtime. What did you think about this game?
0: I was more surprised that Chawan made it so close. I really thought they were going to kind of fall off going into the third quarter because it, it was a great first half, but it just wasn't the best that we've seen from them and that you spoke of this season. So that's what really surprised me at first. And then, of course, like we said last week, and, you know, jokingly, but, you know, wholeheartedly, we meant this. I was hoping that HBCU will pull out just because of the circumstances (laughs) that were going on. And I'm happy that Fayetteville State defeated them. I'm very, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's up with football across the board. But it just seems like kickers are the key. If you don't have a great kicker, especially if you're kicking that far back, I believe it was like over a 40-yard field goal, then that's that's a game that's worth either winning or losing. That could really describe your season. So congratulations to him. Thank you for Elton Andrews that came through very last minute. But a really close game. Like I said, I would have loved Chawan to kind of be better, but they I was hoping I was thinking they were on a fallback. Fayetteville State put out a really close win all thanks to their kicker. No, I I don't think anybody jokingly (laughs) needs any other gratitude. The kicker has it all, but I, I, it wasn't as great as the last game, even though it was a blowout, but it was a good game to see and something that I think we can take notes from. And I'll let you go into deeper detail with it.
1: Yeah. And you know, something too. um, your kicker point is very interesting because Virginia union has a guy, Brady Myers, not Jada Byers, Brady Myers, and he's tough, and I think he's going to be a key in their playoff game against Wingate. We'll talk about it in a second. So, like, kickers really matter, especially at that point in time, because they got to be clutch. So, shout out to Elton Andrew. He is forever etched in HBCU football history with that kick, because that was a, a better game than I thought it would be. But did the game go as I expected? Yeah. I was I was dead right about this game. I was I was so right. Like you would think I'm, I'm 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 that so random. Like you know I just had a vision. You know what I'm saying like like you know you would just think that Arya because I, I didn't think the game would be a field goal, but I knew it would be a close game. Now was it a defensive game? No, nah, not really. It wasn't really a defensive game, but I knew that it wouldn't be a blowout for Fayetteville State or Chawon. I knew that they would be fighting in the trenches, and they did. So I gotta say this about Shawan. Shawan came out, they thoroughly impressed me. They had an amazing season. They beat Virginia Union and Bowie to get to this point, and they had Fayetteville State scared, and they led for most of the game. And they were not listening to the PWI HBCU noise. They were not listening, they balled out. But I just want to say this: I personally do not think it is wrong for HBCU fans to root for an HBCU to win in an HBCU conference. So I didn't see these talking points. I don't think there were any talking points like this saying it was wrong for us to root for Fayetteville State because they're an HBCU. But I just want to say, if people did think that, come on, like this is an HBCU conference. That's almost it's almost like to a certain degree, this is sort of a little bit, little bit not a good example. But it's like, hey, ACC SEC teams play. If you if you got SEC if you SEC fan, you graduate from right from SEC institution. You want the SEC to win. You know what I'm saying? You want to prove that your that your conference is dominant. And I know that's not the best example because, because we're talking about the history of these, these institutions and Fayetteville State being an HBCU. But I do not think at all that Fayetteville State winning and us being excited and us wanting to see a traditional CIAA team and an HBCU winning an HBCU conference is bad at all. But let's talk about what Chawan did. So I said it for Chawan... They have to find a way to score on Fayetteville State's dominant defense. And when you hear me say that, you like Randall, it isn't the point of a football to score. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. It is the point of the football to score. But the thing about it is that the defense is really good and it, and it prevents you from scoring. But the thing is that Chawan did. They didn't score a lot, especially Rashad McKee on Fayetteville State's defense, but they did pretty well considering. So let's look at one's offensive numbers in the regular season and then the championship. So for this season, I said this last week, they averaged 24.7 points per game, 170.6 rush yards per game, 189.4 passing yards per game. So in the CIAA championship on Saturday, they had 28 points, 158 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, 268 passing yards, zero touchdowns. So what does that sound like? Sounds like I was right, okay? As I predicted they were still unable to get the ball in the end zone. They could not find the red zone for dear life. Rashad McKee was the only, the only quarterback that played. So they were able to find some success in the run because they had four, they had four touchdowns and they had passing yards. They were passing on that secondary, but they were not able to get the ball in the end zone by passing. They couldn't get the ball in the end zone through the air. So that said a lot about if they were going to be able to really get out there and really push a big lead, on Fayetteville State. So I, I knew that that you know they would have some level of success because you have to look at Rashad McKee and what other quarterbacks were doing. Like I was saying, it was other quarterbacks that did well against Fayetteville State's defense. You had Josh Jones at UNC Pembroke. He was 17 for 30, 222 yards passing, zero touchdowns. And then you had Caleb Pierce that was the quarterback what you won when Rashad McKee didn't play. 19 for 31, 227 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Then you have Rashad McKee that on Saturday was 23 or 31 passing, 2066 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. So he was able to move the ball down the field. And how I look at it, that's the point of football because every score is not going to be a touchdown. Sometimes it's a field goal. So if you're able to get your field goal kicker in range to hit the field goal, that makes it even better. You know what I'm saying? Like that increases the score. Every game is not going to be, oh, he threw eight touchdowns. The team threw eight touchdowns, and they ran the ball in six times. That's not going to always be the case. So I understand that the passing yards and the touchdowns, they are not really mixed because there was no, touch, no, no passing touchdowns. But Rashad McKee was the X factor. He was the X factor, and he almost brought them to the win because Chawan could not do anything. Anything to truly stop Rashad McKee. Now, granted, they did have four sacks. They did, they did sack him a few times, but that didn't deter him. He was still passing the ball. He was still finding his guy. And then I want to point out this play specifically. Because we watch the games over here. We don't we don't we don't do analytics and just box score watch. We watch the games, okay? So I want to bring up a specific play. You know, so here's the thing: I always look at plays that could have happened and how it could have affected the outcome of the game. That's why you hear me talk about the Savannah state Fort Valley game and how Fort Valley on that first drive in the first quarter, they should have gone for the field goal instead of the touchdown. And I was there at that game. But here's the thing. Rashad McKee could have had an easy touchdown pass on second and six at the eight minute and 17 second mark in the first quarter. Okay. So they were on Fayetteville state's 40 yard line. Jawan did a play action and Rashad McKee threw a deep pass to his right receiver, Malik Tobias He was down the field. He outran the secondary. All that was in front of him was grass in the end zone. If he catches the ball, he either falls and jumps to get it and falls, and they're right there at first and goal, or he catches that ball and runs for a touchdown. Malik Tobias could not catch it. He dropped it. But Malik beat his man. He was wide open. Those are plays you want to have back. And the commentator for Aspire TV, he said that. Those are plays that can mean you win the game or lose the game. Because imagine if if, if if they make that. That changes the whole entire game. If nothing else changes, that changes the whole entire game. Now, granted, you might have seen, you know, you, you know um, Damari Daniels pass the ball more in that situation, whereas, like, now he's trying to make up, you know, for lost ground because you're giving up two touchdowns. But if nothing else changes in the game, Tawan wins just off that alone. So you wish you can have that back that wasn't anything that Rashad McKee or Malik Tobias really did wrong. I mean, he didn't catch the pass, but it was, if you look at it, go back and watch that game. It was a little bit far ahead of him. He wasn't able to really secure the ball. It was literally in his fingertips. He catches that, that's a touchdown. And I know you saw the play too. If he catches that, we're having a totally different conversation. Because Fayetteville State, the secondary was getting eaten alive in some of those instances. Because especially in the screen passes, I'm telling you, like, Fayetteville State could not stop those screen passes. Like, Rashad McKee was looking like Tom Brady. Check down, check down, check down. He was looking like Tom Brady out there. And that almost costed Fayetteville State the game. So as we look at that Delta State game, we'll talk about that more, like we said, a little bit later. Like, you're going up against an even higher-powered offense with Delta State. The secondary gas to tighten up. And, you know, Fayetteville State's defense has been really good th- this year. But now you're playing teams that are better, let's be real. They're better than the teams that are in the CIAA South. They're better than Shaw, although Shaw had a pretty good season. They're better than Saint Augustine's. They're they're better than Johnson C. Smith. So you're playing teams that are better than the teams you face on a daily in the in, in, in the in the CIAA South. You're playing teams that are better. So you played Shawan and listen, y'all, you get barely made it out of there. Now you're about to play Delta State. But let's talk specifically about what I wanted from Fayetteville State University. So I wanted them to contain Rashad McKee. And and I guess you can say they did contain him because he didn't get any, any touchdowns. He didn't throw for any touchdowns. But I expected that Rashad McKee, like I said, was going to do well because he had similar numbers to Caleb Pierce. That was a quarterback, for quarter one with Fayetteville State, beat them 13 to 10. And then Josh Jones of UNC Pembroke that they played 222 passing yards, Caleb Pierce, 227 yards passing. And then you have Rashad McKee that did better, really, than the both of them, although he didn't get a touchdown and had one in an interception. So I asked last week, how would Rashard McKee do against this secondary and defensive line? And, you know, Chawon did pretty well against Fayetteville State's offensive line. So they had more passing yards than Fayetteville State at 158 yards, and they converted more first downs. Let's talk about that. 28 first downs converted, 12 rushing first downs, and 14 passing first downs. 14 passes, Rashad McKee was the only quarterback that played. Caleb Pierce was no order to be found. I don't know if he was at the game. He probably was. I don't know if he was at the game, though. Rashad McKee was the guy. That's Rashad McKee. You weren't able to fully stop him. You sacked him four times. You you got some good pressure on him. I think you made him think. You made him really commit to running the ball because of the pressure y'all were going to bring against Rashad McKee. But you didn't really stop him. And that almost, like I said, it cost you the game, especially if Malik Tobias catches that ball and runs there for a touchdown in the first quarter when they were on Fable State's 40-yard line. But the QB room. So I also asked, are you going to go with with experience or youth? Is Corey Lane going to play? Is he injured? What's wrong with him? Or are you going to go, you know, with Damari Daniels? They went with the youth. Damari Daniels, he had a pretty good game. He was 12-24 passing, 188 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He led the team in rushing. I don't know what's up with quarterbacks. They was the name Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson. they leading the team in rushing and now they're not they running back. I Listen, I guess. You know what I'm saying? But you got to make it happen. But he had 11 attempts, 43 yards, 3.9 yards per attempt. And he was big in getting favorable State down the field to make it where they could get the field goal. And that last second field goal by Elton Andrew, Damari Daniels was key in making it happen. He was really key because I was nervous towards the end because I felt as if if it went to overtime, I feel like that gives Chawan some life and they're gonna find a way to win that. I honestly, ario was nervous when I'm like, oh, this is going to overtime. But when he kicked that field goal, I was like sigh of relief. And Damari Daniels honestly helped. He helped out a lot to help them move the ball down the field. But once again what's going on with Kari Lane? And I, I wish I could have asked, you know, uh, Steven gave of HBCU game day that was on our space, the side space, um, you know, just to ask him what was going on. If he, if he knew, but what is going on with Kari Lane? Cause he's, he's a senior. He's probably about to graduate soon. I'm wondering why he didn't get any playing time towards the end of the season, especially in a game as pivotal as this. And I would assume he's probably not going to play against Delta state this weekend, but it's clear that the Murray Daniels is, is the future. And I'm super excited to see what he becomes, because I think that he's going to be tough. He's just a freshman. So, you know, with more reps and more experience, especially big game experience, than his first year, he's going to the playoffs. He's most likely going to be the main quarterback, 2B1. So I think that he's going to come out of this season better than when he came in, for sure. Probably better than any other freshman. You know what I'm saying? I think he's going to come in and, and, and really get experience, especially playing against a Delta State team that puts up points. And it's going to be on him to use his arm and his legs to really put Fayetteville State in position to win. Fayetteville State did not play the game that I expected, but they did enough to get the job done. But they have to have an answer for NQB with Demari Daniels. Demari Daniels has to put up points, especially against against Delta State. But he did well. And then the defense got four sacks on Rashad McKee. But they have to do better. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to see Fayetteville State beat Delta State. And I think that they can. But you got to do better. The sacks are good. The Amari Daniels was good. He was poised. He had a 50% completion on his passes. Great stuff. But if you play Delta State, then on that side of the bracket, you have to play University of West Georgia. I've seen University of West Georgia play in recent years because Fort Valley has played them, Albany has played them, Morros has played them. So on the SIAC, we see University of West Georgia. We're on their schedule because we're in Georgia with them. University of West Georgia ain't nothing to play with. And there's someone outside of Benedict, I think, can make it out. And then Delta State and University of West Georgia had a shootout. Like West Georgia won 52 to 42 against a high-powered Delta State offense. So they're poised to have a rematch. So listen, Delta State wants to see West Georgia again. The same way in basketball, you had Duke that wanted to see the, the Torios again. You, 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 they, they, they wanted to run it back. They wanted to say, hey, we want to see him again. And they saw him again in, in the Martin March Madness tournament. I honestly think that Delta State is going to be playing determined. But we'll talk about that in a second. But I just say that Chawan did too well against a favorable State team that's supposed to have a dominant defense going in this Saturday. But I would say this about Chawan. They should not hold their head down. I saw a couple of players, of course, that were crying. They were emotional. And I get it. And I, I'm not one to be like, oh, don't cry. Listen, let it out. Emote. You know what I'm saying? Let it, like, don't hold that back. Because I know that can be disappointing when you did so great. It's probably the best season that they've had in recent memory. You beat Bowie. You, you beat Union. And you were only a field goal away from winning. But they should not feel bad. Because I think they'll be back. And for all the folks that were rooting against Chiwan, like us, we're going to be looking next year, like, man, are they going to make it back? Because I think Bowie's going to get better. Union, especially with J. Byers being so young, they're going to get better, and they're going to bring some more weapons in in, in recruiting. But Chiwan is really staking the claim. I don't think Virginia State is going to be that third team anymore. I think Chiwan is going to fight to get right back where they were. And that sort of should have everybody a little bit nervous in the CIAA. But they had a great season. They shouldn't hold their head down too much. And, you know, they're our cousins. Y'all are cousins, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, y'all play cousins because y'all, y'all in the HBCU conference, so y'all are play cousins. You know, so a shout-out to y'all. But Fayetteville State, congratulations, but y'all got to step it up and do a little bit better against Georgia State. But let's talk about the playoffs. So uh, you had the NCAA Division II Playoff Selection Show and we got three HBCUs in. Benedict is number one. They're the number one seed in Super Region 2. And they're going to receive a first-round buy. So they're going to sort of enjoy their Thanksgiving. You know, they're going to gonna eat. they going to eat turkey not too much. You know what I'm saying? They're going to maybe have some water, be on some Zoom calls with the coach. Maybe they, maybe they stay on campus. You know, somebody might, might not go home. They might be like, Let, mail me something, okay? Like, you know, mail, mail me some, some food, mom. And I wanna say this. I'm hearing. It's not 100% confirmed, and we will definitely update it on our YouTube, uh, on HBC Pulse Instagram, and also on Twitter. I'm hearing that the game is going to be on HBCU League Pass Plus. If it is, shout out to the home team, and I assure you, the game's going to be up when it's game time, okay? You don't got to worry about the game not being up on HBCU League Pass Plus. And if it's not, you can get it 201. (laughs) <laughs> and, and watch the HBC Post channel if, if it's not. It just so happens that you know technical difficulties. Well, you you can go run Ariel Now on 201. You know we guys, we got some good stuff for you over there. You know what I'm saying? So, just saying, but but on, on League Pass, we're going to make sure it's it's together. So, make sure that you stay tuned for that because, you know, Benedict of course has the deal with Urban Edge Network and HBC League Pass Plus and the Black College Sports Network uh where all of those home games are streamed. So, you might see HBC League Pass Plus going into that final game that determines who makes it to that final four scenario representing Super Region 2 because is going to be at home for those games because they have home seedings. That's going to be very fun. Uh, So you have Virginia Union. That's the number four seed, so they're ranked. So they play Wingate to earn the opportunity to play Benedict. Man, oh man, oh man. Listen, we didn't get a chance to see Kobe versus LeBron. And I always bring this up, Ariel. You know, even behind the scenes, I bring this up. As a sports fan, we never got the chance to see Kobe versus LeBron. We, we we got the chance to see Mahomes versus Brady. We didn't get a chance to see LeBron versus Jordan. But Kobe versus LeBron at their apexes was very obtainable. But Dwight Howard and the Magic ruined it. They ruined it. And also Cleveland's front office, too. Because it cle- like the team with LeBron, it was, it was good enough. But it wasn't a good enough team to get him over the hump. But... I always use that scenario to say, like, I want to see dream matchups, dream fights. Like, dude, it would be a dream to see Jada Byers, Jakari Grant, Brady Myers versus Benedict. Hopefully, they wouldn't mess up their perfect season. I'd ha- I'd have to root for Benedict, but yo, know, Jada Byers, come on, man, like that. Now with the Winkit win- game would be cool too because Winkit is just as dominant of a defense. Come on, man. Like and and I understand that like two HBCUs, like one HBCU is going to make it to that final game. That ain't that important to me right now. Jada Bias versus Bennett. Man, listen. My birthday is on Christmas Day. I don't know people know that. My birthday is on Christmas Day. Listen, if y'all want to get me a good present, get me that game. On HBCU League Pass Plus man stop playing with me <laughs> if, you, if, if, if that happens my year is complete y- y'all can we can move 2023 because on league pass on the home team you know what i'm saying that's home team then my god jada byers then you got benedict that's chasing history with eric phoenix Northern North scotland and deandre Duhar and coach chenis berry with, with, with dr parker man listen y- y'all been handling business W- Wink ain't nothing to play with. We'll talk about them in a second. They ain't nothing to play with. But Fayetteville State is is unranked, and they're playing number two seed Delta State University. Fort Valley wasn't able to make it. Uh, I think Fort Valley should have made it over Fayetteville State, but you, you can see that as biased because I'm a Fort Valley alum. But Fayetteville State, I'll just say this, and this is no not the Fayetteville State because I'm rooting for them, but Fort Valley had a stronger schedule. You beat Tuskegee to start the year. You dominate the opponents in your conference. Then you beat Albany State for the first time in, I think, what, five, six years. And then Albany State was ranked going into that matchup. And then they would have made the playoffs in that scenario because we already had lost to Van State the week before. If Albany beats us, they're most likely in the spot that Fayetteville State is in. So, and I know Limestone also, like, because Limestone made it too. You know what I'm saying? So, so lim- Limestone you know, is, is going to be in there, and, and we would continue with Limestone to see who's going to get that, that final spot. But I just really think that Fort Valley should have gotten the nod. I mean, it already too much mattered to me that much because we still had an amazing season. Um, but I just wonder why they don't put more HBCUs in that deserve it. Because last year, Savannah State deserved it. This year, Fort Valley deserved it. And I think that when you look at the, the strength of schedule, even if you're not playing, you know, uh, predominantly white institutions and other conferences, I think you have to have that consideration. So let's do some game previews. So Winget Winget is 9-2 on the year. They, they beat Shaw University and Fayetteville State to start the season. They beat number 22-ranked Lenore Ryan on October the 29th. And get this, REO, they're one of the best teams in Division two when it comes to defense. They hold opponents to ten point nine points per game, sixty eight yards rushing, one hundred and forty four passing yards, and they only allow they have allowed eight passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns. And I think those numbers are very similar to Benedict, but that sixty eight yards rushing has me scared for Jada Byers, because sixty eight yards rushing we saw Jada Byers go for five hundred against Bud Austin. So they really rely on Jada Byers first. Jakari Grant, he's a good player. He can air it out. And you saw it against against Bowie because they, they sort of used Jada Byers as, as a decoy against Bowie because they were so scared that 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 Jada Byers is going to run that they were able to get some passes off. But I, I just don't know how this is going to go. But for the refresher, because we haven't we haven't talked about Union recently. So Virginia Union, 91 on the year, they beat Valdosta State 45 to 40 on September the 10th. Oh, uh, That's probably my favorite football game of all time because it was so good to see somebody, somebody take down Vodost. Right it felt amazing, especially in HBCU. Jada Byers had his lowest output against Chawan in the game they lost. Chawan holds teams 123.6 yards rushing per game. Jada Byers had 109 yards. That's what scares me because if Chawan held you to that, that low of a number, and I've heard this from Stephen Gaither with Game Day and a whole bunch of other folks. He said, he said it made Jada Byers look human. If, if Delta State makes Jada Byers look even more human, look like an old human, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like, it's going to be tough because Wingate's a really good defense. So I honestly think Union can win this game and give us the showdown that we won against Benedict and really almost like a championship game. Uh, for for HBCUs. You have Union versus Benedict. They were the two best teams that go against each other. We want to see that matchup. We see that matchup if uh, Union finds some way to get Jada Byers going, despite Winget's defense. Maybe rush outside. Maybe that offensive line needs to key in and make sure they're creating holes, you know, to, to get Jada Byers through it. Uh, but they have to find somewhere to get to get them going. But I don't know if they'll be able to against that that dominant defense. And then you have to put points on the board because Wingate cannot score. They, they're a great defense, but you know they're a great defense to sort of cover up the fact that they can't score. Like they, they, that like they cannot score at all. So they gotta hold their teams to low points because you not because they're not gonna put up forty four points on a good team. And and you know Virginia Union is a good a good defensive team too. So this should be a probably pretty low scoring game. But also Jada Buyers needs someone to help him. You know starting QB Jakari Grant. And starting wide receiver John Giles, I need y'all to step up. Because John Giles' numbers on the year aren't super impressive, but he's talented. And Jakari Grant is talented as well. One of these two have to step up like they never have before. They have to have the game of their lives against Winget. Now, Benedict, too. They got to go crazy against Benedict, too. But you got to get there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they have to have the game of their lives because they're going to key in on Jada Bias. Like, the tape is out on Jada Bias. People know that's the threat. They're going to do everything they can to prevent him. They're going to blitz. They're going to make sure to, to contain the outside. They're, they're going to make sure to stuff the middle. They're looking at him. So, you got to run some play actions. You, you, you got to pass the ball. You got to air it out. You're going to sort of be forced to do that. Uh, but I'm going to pick Union. I'm going to pick Union. But, and then also it's going to be at home because Union's the number four seed. Wingate is unranked. So Union's going to be at home. But I just simply don't know. We're going to see what happens. I think Union can win. It's going to be a low scoring game, Ariel. Maybe 14 7, 13 10. Like it might be 7 3. (laughs) Like like, like it's 1950. But it's going to be a defensive game. But they're going to have to put up some numbers and someone will have to help Jada Byers. Ariel, you heard the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think? You think Union has a shot?
0: I'm picking Union every day. I I you've you've had me so hype on Jada Byers that I just want the best for him. I want him to go all the way. I wanna see that that first matchup that, like, as soon as you said it, Virginia Unit and Benedict, just imagine how powerful that would be. You're you're talking about one of the best two teams that have one of the best two running games that I have ever seen and that they have this season. I, I have to see it. Now, Wingate is a little scary. They both have pretty high records, and they both have pretty high running offenses. And so this is going to be one of those things that this maybe may look like a similar human game for Jada Buyers. I hope that's not it. I don't wanna, you know, knock on wood and all that stuff. Let me find some.
1: And not but you went to find I, I wood. Oh my gosh.
0: Find my door is like right here. <laughs> I, I want this to be a really good game, but I really want Union to pull out super bad. But this it's gonna be making my little D2 prediction. I don't know if I'm going to be, I don't know if I'm like, that's so Randall over here, but I think it's going to be a really close game, but Virginia's going to pull out. You, know, you like, you like what I did there? Yeah. You're going to have to come up with a little drop for that. You know, like a little see into the future miss. L-
1: listen, D- L- Disney going to take us down. Like the whole YouTube page coming that They're they going to come for the league Pass channel. They're they going to come for all our stuff. So now we, we did mess with Disney. Um, But let's talk really quickly uh, to close out the show, we're going to, we're going to close it out. Uh, Fayetteville State versus Delta State. So Delta State, 10-1 on the year. They beat Kentucky State, and they beat SWAC School, Mississippi Valley State University. Uh, they beat number six ranked West Florida. They beat number 13 ranked by also State, because also was number 13 at that time. So they're a high-powered offense. You got to see these numbers. They averaged 221 rush yards per game, 256 passing yards per game. They've scored 33 rushing touchdowns and 23 passing touchdowns. Now, here's a player to watch, because we got a key on this player. Patrick Shegog. He is a dual threat in every sense of the word. Ariel, this is a real person. Okay, this is a real person. These are real stats. For the season, he is 186 for 284 in, in passing, 2,480 Passing yards, 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 2,480 yards going into the playoffs against uh, Fable State on this Saturday. Versus Baldosta, which they won 70. I got to scream at this. 70 to 31. That is not a basketball number. That is not Delta State versus Valdosta State basketball game. 70-31 to in football. So against Valdosta, he threw for 346 yards, got four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was 26 for 29. That was an 89.7% completion. Dude, and he can rush too. Six, 656 yards on the season on 122 rushing attempts, 13 rushing touchdowns. Man, listen, I, I don't know what to, what to say about what Fayetteville State is going to do with him. This is the best quarterback you played. Rashad McKee was good. You know, you had other quarterbacks, you know, that, that, that were, that were good that you played, but you didn't play against, against Bowie's quarterback. Ja'Cari Grant was good, but Bowie's quarterback, you know, was really good this year. This guy's tough. This guy is like that. Patrick Shegog is probably going to be up there in the Harlan Hill trophy conversation. Like, Delta State very well could, could be playing Benedict in, in in that final game in Super Region 2 to make it to that Final Four scenario. They're that good. They don't have a good defense. I mean, their, their defense is average at best, and they're not saying it lightly. But the offense goes crazy. And the fact that Chawan and Rashad McKee did pretty well against a Fable state defense that has pretty great numbers... That spells trouble for me because is that fool's goal because you haven't played super high level competition and you didn't play bully this year because they weren't on they weren't on your regular season schedule and you did well against Union. You hopped up 14-0 on them, but Jada Byers had a great game and they came back and won 31 28. I the, like really the two best teams they that they played is really Chawan and Union. You want to be a Delta State team that took it to the wire against West Georgia because they, they lost. Fifty-two to forty-two, they lost against West Georgia. Then they beat down by Austin State, and they had a competitive game against West Florida. So they're beating ranked opponents, and they're number two in Super Region two, right under Benedict. Fayetteville State is on a very rough side of the schedule, and I just, I really don't know. But Fayetteville State, you know, I think they have one chance, Oreo. The one chance they have is to try to score with them, because like I said, Duff State ain't that great of a defense. Delta State gives up 253 yards passing per game on the season. They had shootouts in West Florida, and they won 45 to 42. Mississippi College, they won 52 to 38. And West Georgia, they lost 52 to 42. So they were putting up numbers, but but the other team was putting up numbers too. Now, Fayetteville State put up 54 points against St. Augustine's. And I love St. Augustine's, but they weren't that good this year. Okay? So, St. Augustine's, they give up 200. And 56 yards passing on the year. FSU, which is Fayetteville State, passed for 229 yards, had four touchdowns versus them on October the 8th. But the thing is that they didn't get those points through the air. They got it through rushing. Because they had 300 rushing yards, and Damari Daniels was five for seven and threw for 194 yards, although he had four touchdowns. So they're going to they're gonna have to duplicate the success, but make it sort of a passing thing because I'm telling you like this this to me now on the offensive side like their numbers especially you know Patrick's numbers are way better than any of the quarterbacks that play with that play with Tuskegee like Bryson Williams you know like this year Patrick is way better but this seems to me like a Tuskegee type situation where it's like you're scoring a lot of points but are you gonna get points scored on you I think that that's the big thing so overall I have faith in Fayetteville State I have faith they can pull it out but faith that works is dead Okay. Ariel look at me like what's he gonna say? Favorite worse is dead, Ariel. All right. So the chances might be dead. If they play like they did against Jawon. If they don't play, if they don't play like they playing against Dutch State and a possible Harlan Hill trophy candidate, man, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I'm gonna pick Fayetteville State and I'll just be wrong because I'm not gonna pick against an HPCU. But listen, I'm I'm just not gonna do it, Ariel. I'm not gonna pick against an HPCU. But man, Dutch State's tough. So yeah, that's that's, 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 that's what that's what I'm gonna say. So Ariel, what you think? What you think?
0: I don't think Fayetteville State is called to this one. I don't think they're called or chosen. Because I told you earlier, Delta State always wins from their opponent by plus 10 points. And out of those 11 games that they had played, seven of them, they scored the first touchdown within the first five minutes. I don't think Fayetteville State has those statistics, nor do they have the team to do that. Now, they do have the team to score against Delta State because, like you said and like I said earlier, their offense is absolutely powerful. There's nothing compared to them that I've seen before. Their defense is a little lackluster, and I think Fayetteville should take advantage of that. But when it comes to scoring and having that kind of offensive power, that's just probably where they're just not going to be called to. You know, we're trying trying to give them hope, trying to, you know, like you said, faith without works is dead. So if they can't put on the work on the offensive side when the defense comes on for Delta State, I just think they're completely going to fumble. I personally have no faith. I'm sorry, Fayetteville State. I have no faith in them. I don't think this is going to be a game that they can pull out of. I don't even think this is going to be a close game if they can't at least hold Delta State within those first five minutes of scoring. But we'll see. That's just, that's just personally, that's just personally how I feel. I I don't think this is going, I want them to have a dream season. I want them to surpass Delta state, but as I say, it's going to make it really hard for them to even make sure that they come out the gate swinging. I think this is going to be a little, little bit of a challenge for Fable state coming into this.
1: You are probably going to be right. But one thing about me, I have no problem being wrong, but listen, Fable <laughs> state, I'm, I'm real Fable state. I'm going I'm to just be wrong. <laughs> I'm going to just be wrong. I'll be
0: wrong too. This is not my segment. This is your segment. <laughs> I am not the D two girly. I love I fell in love with D2 though. But really bitch, but,
1: but, but, little- but you know this football thing, Arielle. like you 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 put me in. You you initiated me. You feel me? So it, so it's like you know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So you, I, I feel like you're right because because like you're going to be a Harlan Hill trophy candidate because it's like with these yeah. numbers, there's no way he doesn't make the top five. I want Jada Byers to make it, but if I look at, at, at the numbers of the folks that that, that are in the, the, the top billing that have a chance to win and to get voted on and Patrick makes it and then there's other folks that have similar numbers, Jada Byers ain't going to make it. You know what I'm saying? Like and, and, and this is the, the caliber that other conferences are, are putting up, but there is a weakness you know what I'm saying? Superman has kryptonite as his weakness. You know, you know what I'm saying. So it's like, I mean, if you look at it, I think that kryptonite for them, that kryptonite for them is that they is that they can't defend anybody. You know what I'm saying? Two hundred yards. You know what I'm saying? So 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 it's like you know, over two hundred plus yards passing. So if, if they find a way to air it out, and Damari Daniels can can be great, or maybe Kari Lane finds his way on the field, we we'll don't know what happens. Like maybe there's a, there's a chance, but. Fayetteville State's gonna have to do what they haven't really done this year, which is really score. Like, yeah, you put up fifty four points against St. Augustine's, but St. Augustine's isn't Delta State. And 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 that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? So, the defensive numbers are similar, but you're dealing with someone that when you put the ball in the end zone, they're putting the ball in the end zone. They're doing something to what Bryson Williams did where like he threw that long 75-yard pass and for a touchdown. They might try that because they're like, we're we going we gonna to go up-tempo, and if you want us to score, we're going to score, and we're just going to run you out of the building. You know what I'm saying? Like We're like, like we going to have, have a light show, and we're going to see who wins in the shootout. You know what I'm saying? So, that's how I really look at it. So, you know, we're going to see what happens. Um, and then we'll we'll talk then we'll talk about it more after we get back to Thanksgiving break, because we're gonna be off for Thanksgiving break. I want you all to know that we're not slacking. you know, we just got twenty thousand followers on YouTube and you know subscribers on YouTube, so you know, we're not slacking, you know, we're gonna do stuff, and I might pop on and, and I might say say a few words about all the different games and what happens, especially if both teams win or union wins and we get Benedict versus Union. Uh, but you know, Thanksgiving, you know, is coming up. We got to be with family and also take a break. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on. You know not so say that we, that we got to recharge for it. We got to come back with the celebration bowl and all of that as well. You know, so, uh, I want to go on and really quickly, if you're not watching D2, uh, I want to list all of the games that are going on, uh, on this weekend, courtesy of honor Dan shot to the Dan. And once again, rest in peace, uh, to the OG Eric Moore. Uh, so Alabama and is playing Texas Southern. Of course, Delta State's playing Fayetteville State. We talked about that at nauseum a few minutes ago. Mississippi Valley plays Prairie View A and M. Prairie View is leading in the West. Uh, they very well can clinch. You know, coming into this game, that they, they could clinch and be facing facing up against a Jackson State in the SWAC championship because Jackson State has already clinched. Hampton's playing Towson. Virginia Union, of course, is playing Wingate. Uh, you have Tennessee Tech playing North Carolina Central. North Carolina Central has already clinched their Celebration Bowl appearance, so we're going to possibly see. Davias Richards versus Shador Sanders. If we get two dream matchups in D2 and D1, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? Davis Richards versus Shador Sanders and then Jada Virus versus Benedict. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, my God, That would be amazing. So we're going to see if that happens. I'm pretty sure it will. We'll see if that happens, okay, because I got, I got some faith and prayer of you, too. I'm not going to totally count them out, but, but if they lose 48-0, to zero, I mean, listen, I said I wouldn't count them out. I didn't say they were going to win, okay? I said don't count them out. All right, so listen, uh, North Carolina a is playing gardner webb and looking really good. Looks like they're going to, you know, contend for that, you know, big South championship. South Carolina State is playing Norfolk State. Morgan State is playing Howard. Alcorn is playing Jackson State. That's the big rivalry, so make sure to, to check that out. That, that's going to be on, on ESPN Plus if they, if they air it. Um, Tennessee State is playing Texas A&M Commerce. And you have Campbell. They want to be an HBCU so bad. Oh my gosh! They 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 playing all the HBCUs, and now they playing Delaware State. Come on, man! Like they they playing Delaware State now. They might win that one because they, they didn't beat Ante. Okay, they didn't beat Jackson State. They always beat Ante though. They they always beat ANT. You know what I'm saying? It was real close. They had had our scared home come back tailgate. Ari was like, "Oh man," you know what I'm saying? Like she was at tailgate like, "Man, listen, let, let, let me just enjoy this plate." because it might not go well. You know what I'm saying? But Campbell, we're we going to see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm left laugh right now. You know what I'm saying? We're going to see what happens. You know what I'm saying? But you have Delaware State uh, that, that's playing, uh, you know, Campbell and, and Delaware State have a pretty good season. They're not going to Celebration Bowl, but Delaware State, I think, they're going to be scary, you know, moving forward. So make sure to check that out. Uh, but fam, playing Bethune Cookman Florida Classic big rivalry. So yeah, a lot of great stuff coming up. If you're not if you're not just watching D two football, if you don't want to watch it, it's some great matchups. Especially you have you know all versus Jackson State and FAMU versus Bethune Cookman. But Ariel, right, let's go on to close it out. Where can we find you on social media?
0: You can find me on Twitter at askiri underscore underscore or visit my website at theunxopinion.weebly.com.
1: Most definitely. So, like I said, we're going to be off for Thanksgiving break. So, make sure to stay tuned to HBCU Post on YouTube. 20,000 subscribers. Man, I never thought that would happen. That is such a dream. So, make sure to check us out on there. Also, HBC League Pass Plus, channel 201. That's the HBCU Post channel. You're going to see a lot of great stuff. Speaking of Delaware State, we have a recap, an exclusive recap of Delaware State University's homecoming concert featuring Glorilla, Meek Mill, Wick, and Moneybag Yo is not the full show, but it is a pretty good you know, indication how lit it was. And we have, I think, nearly all of Glorilla's performance, and she did a really great job. She just got nominated for a Grammy. Her EP just dropped, so make sure to go check that out. But also follow HBCU Pulse on Instagram, at HBCU Pulse. Twitter and TikTok at the HBCU Pulse. And hopefully after Thanksgiving, we have a big announcement that's coming up really soon. But aside of that, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you on the other side.